Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie, your weekly look ahead to the biggest sporting events of the weekend in association with Labrooks. No bigger event this weekend, of course, than the All-Ireland Hurling Final. I'm delighted to be joined by former All-Ireland winner with Offaly, Dahi Regan, on the line. Dahi, how are you getting on? Michael, good morning. Nice to talk to you again. An All-Ireland Final in December is something we're not uh, familiar with. An All-Ireland Final with no fans is something we're not familiar with. It's still an All-Ireland Final, and it's a novel pairing. First time Waterford and Limerick have ever met. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, taking last year out when you had you know, Kilkenny and Tipperary meeting again, you know, before that we had Limerick and Galway, before that we had Galway and Waterford. I think it's actually been underplayed a little bit how mad a time it is for hurling at the moment. We're kind of talking back to your era in the 90s whenever the last time we had such a variation of teams making it to the top table. Yeah, it's it's frankly, it's, it's quite incredible really. And I guess just the whole impact that the global pandemic is having on us all it's, it's a shining light that we've been able to kind of cling to by having the games available to us over the last number of weeks. I do think the, the way hurling has gone and evolved and changed over the last number of years that I think there's been somewhat of a waning interest with, uh, with, with neutrals and even some hurling lovers in relation to some of the games that's been played. Because even watching uh, last weekend on Air Sport, the 2011 All-Ireland Final and the 2015 All-Ireland Final uh, between Galway and Kilkenny and preceded by the, the, the tip Kilkenny game, Hurling has evolved so much, Michael, over the last, even in the last five years, um, in a huge way. In many respects, it's unrecognisable. And why I'm looking forward to this game so much is because I think both teams that are involved now play similar to a point style of hurlings, but when they play very well, it's quite extraordinary to watch the skill set that's uh, that's at play with these guys. Some of the earlier games I could have taken or, or, or left, to be honest with you, but they've moved it on levels again. It, it, it's moved kind of in increments. I mean, Limerick yeah. played an amazing brand a couple of years ago when they won the All-Ireland Final, and Waterford are totally unrecognisable from what they played in the All-Ireland Final, when they played Galway a number of years ago, we're going into the game, I really couldn't see them win. I think what this management team have done is phenomenal and the way the players have bought into it. When you look at the amount of new players that have been introduced by Waterford, previously Waterford would have been set up quite defensively under Derek McGrath, and I understood because he was evolving things once a lot of the previous team had broke up. So we had to solidify where Waterford were at, and now they're just at at new levels. So it's this constant new involvement of yeah. hurling, and you even see Galway and Tipperary, two of the more traditional styles, were picked apart a bit uh, in the semi-finals. Particularly Kilkenny uh, been picked by Waterford in the second half of their game. The way it's moved on so much, but I, I think both sides have to play it very well. They're absolutely two phenomenal sides. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose it's the, the variation of counties rather than necessarily the style that I'm talking about. But I do find that the style question actually is interesting because at the start of the championship, I'd agree with you. I mean, the, the Limerick-Clare match when Limerick were scoring 36 
points and I think they, they got something like five points in two minutes to start the second half. And you're like, this is too easy. This isn't the sport that we all know and love. But funnily enough, it always does seem to counter as the year goes on. And by the time we kind of come around to now and a cop knockout, you know, people do find a way to make clashes and the entertainment value, I feel, has gone up. There's no doubt about that. The entertainment value has gone up. And I think the um, example you gave, Mike, is a really good example. And then, on the other hand, I look at Tip and uh, Limerick down in the park that evening with, with, with the conditions, where the conditions were just so deplorable that I was looking at both sides that day and I was looking at the touch levels and the skill levels they have. And it was quite f- just phenomenal. I mean, I, I revert back to even the 2015 All-Ireland Final, which was an intriguing game. And the ball was in play so much more than it is now. But the amount of mistakes and errors, even Kilkenny and Tip, in the All-Irelands of 9, 10, and 11, who were eulogised as some of the greatest All-Irelands of all times. When you look back on them, the amount of mistakes that occurred in those games, which led to the drama, you very infrequently see those type of errors now. The simplest things of 30-yard passes or 40-yard passes, if they're not straight to hand, guys are just so comfortable in killing the ball on the hurl. I mean... Just way ahead, the, the, the levels and skill levels that's there now. So they both play a heads-up type of hurling. They both want to play. It's, it's, it's a, there's a logic to everything that they do, and it's predicated on possession from the puckouts to the full-backs looking to break the tackle, and you know we'll probably look further into it and delve further into it, but the break and the tackle is such an important aspect of how both of these guys play. If it's a thing they can't look up and find someone immediately, they'll carry it forward and look to break the tackle. So defensively, whoever can stand up the the guy in possession is going to play a huge part in this game because ultimately neither team wants to strike the ball aimlessly. So the aggression you bring defensively into the tackle area is as important as to the positive things that you're going to do during the game. And I mean, it's, it's, it's changed so much, Michael, the styles because now it can be a puck out to a wing back 40 yards away and one strike and straight over the bar. Mm. And there's no doubt they're wonderful skills. But from a spectator's point of view, listen, you, you people falling down on either side. One, you marvel at it. Or second, you look at it and you say it's changed that much that maybe traditionalists may not like it as much. And I think somewhere in between is kind of the balance because it'll evolve again. And yeah. somebody will come up with a way of stopping this type of, you know, really good, innovative possession, 30, 40-yard passes. Cork came early in the noughties with the overlapping hand-pass possession game. And I remember people at the time saying this was the way forward. But Kilkenny broke that down. And ultimately, you know, does everybody look to replicate what Limerick is doing? It's often suggested, look at the champions and see what they do. But sometimes that's not the way. Sometimes you look at the best teams out there and say, we're going to do something else that's going to actually negate the way that they play. Because if you only try to replicate what a top team is doing, it's going to take you a bit of time to get up to where they're at. And you're losing a couple of years. So each county has got to stand on its own principles. And I think to be fair about it, that's what Waterford have done, is they've just modified the way that they've played more than any other team over the last couple of years. And where I would have found them difficult to look at three years ago, I think they're an absolutely sensational hurling team to look at now at the minute. 
Absolutely, yeah. And there's definitely, I don't know whether this comes from Liam Cahill or the players or what it might be, but there seems to be a bit of a ruthless streak in them. And, you know, when, when they got going against Kilkenny the last day, they didn't just come back into the match. They went and got a lead that, that they never got back from. I think the Clare match is actually a, even a better example. Getting those two goals in the first couple of minutes and just like, I know Clare came back into it, but it was like, Jesus, you know, this, this you don't often see a team score two goals in the first two minutes. And then when the game was there to be won late on, uh, Cunningham nearly scores for Clare. It's four points in it. Waterford just say, no. Point, 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 point. End up winning by nine, hammering them. And I just thought that isn't that's a sign of a team who are just very comfortable in their own skin and know exactly trust the process, go for it, and and, and aren't afraid to go for it, you know. And that's yeah, that could cause them trouble, you know. Oh, undoubtedly. And again, it's a it's a it's a prime and a good example you've raised because at, at all times when Claire were were hanging in and coming back and had skin in the game, you always felt that Waterford were had the ability to pull away pretty immediately. And when you're looking at a team like that and you feel it looking at it, that, that's, that speaks volumes about the side that you're looking at. And interestingly, no more than that, even in the Kilkenny game, when they were substantially behind, I watched a game with my daughter and I looked at Waterford early on and I thought, you're a pass away from opening Kilkenny up. Yeah. And I think the nerves early on and, and, and these type of games that they play and the style that they play is predicated on Accuracy, the accuracy of, of the movement and the timing of everything. And I just thought, looking at it, you're so close to getting this right that I thought it's going to take a goal to turn this for you when you guys have the ability. So at that stage of that game, after maybe 15 minutes, I thought this, this actually is such an incredible test for you guys. You either fold or you stand. You, you either become inhibited by the start that Kilkenny have got and your game is going to break down. And after 15 minutes, I was absolutely intrigued to see where do you take this now? Do you go into your shells? Does your hurling become inhibited because it's an All-Ireland semi-final? Yeah. It's Crow Park. It's big day nerves. The bigger pitch makes it more difficult for you to gallop up and down the field in the numbers that you seem to be doing. And they flourished, Michael. They flourished beyond recognition. And I thought... You guys have landed. Now, some might argue you win the All-Ireland final, you've landed. I think Waterford have landed. I really do. I think it's the transformation in them is phenomenal. And if you look at the number of players that's that's come in compared to what they would have had, and like a number of players left, some were jettisoned. Some yeah. big names were jettisoned. And you look at Kenny and you look at McNulty and Callum Lines and guys like that, newer guys, Ian Kenny, been around the scene for a bit. But... Like these are relatively new guys, but it's 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 the it's the quality and it's the execution of what they're doing at the at the levels of speed. But I the question I would have for them, and again it comes back to the start of the game, is this you will not give Limerick six to nine points of a lead and pull them back in. That's that's the difficulty, and that's where the likes and nerves and other aspects come into the game. The Second All Ireland final versus the first. You played in two in the nineties, and it's, you know different uh, outcomes for Offaly, but almost the opposite for yourself. You've talked about it before, where you kind of felt that the ninety four game got away from you. So despite the win, you were left disappointed, but felt that you did contribute in in, in ninety five. A lot of these players, more so for Limerick than Waterford, but the majority for both are playing in their second All Ireland final. 
taking the mad circumstances out of it, what difference is that going to make um, in your experience anyway for, you know, the, the nerve levels, the calmness, the ability to go and stick to the game plan and not get overawed by the occasion? Yeah, I, it, it's it's um, an an interesting point because the, the 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 match itself is going to bring its nerves ir- irrespective. But when you look at the way we live our lives nowadays, not just in sport, but you know, in our everyday workplaces, and mindfulness and well being is such an important part. And that will be every bit as applicable to the to the dynamics of both groups. Where managements will look at different players and the different personas within the within the the squads and spend time working with them and visualizing, you know, the, the days leading up to it and visualizing your performance and what you're looking for out of it. So from a prep point of view, they'll be superbly prepped, but ultimately, you know, the performance will dictate everything. So no matter how much you prepare an individual, sometimes teams will be told about the noise levels and we've heard stories about down training the week up to the All-Ireland Final, there'll be uh, massive microphones around your local ground um, magnifying crowd noise and the hum and the drum of supporters on the day. Well, that's it's a, way, a totally different thing now because whilst the intensity that an All-Ireland Final will bring out of players, you're doing it in an unnatural, you know, kind of chasm of no, no sound, no noise whatsoever. So more than anything, you're your focus has got to be absolutely on. So both will be very well prepped, Mike. But like the individual nerves players will have, it's still an All-Ireland final, although uniquely, totally different. You feed off the crowd. I have a a great sympathy for them. I have a real sympathy for them because for some, they may never play in another one. And part of the whole experience is the parade around the pitch, the noise, the colour, the atmosphere, the beforehand on the way to the ground. And if you're successful enough, the, the crowd afterwards, so they're, they're losing that. Will it lessen the level of success or disappointment for either side, depending on the result? No, it won't. But, you know, for all of us, we lose a little bit something because because we can't experience the greatness of the whole occasion. But they'll be well prepped, Mike, from that point of view. It'll be all about performance. Nerves won't come into it. It's about being able to implement your style of play critically getting it absolutely perfect which Waterford didn't early on against Kilkenny to be fair now a lot of that was the intensity Kilkenny brought so the the pitch and intensity levels would be very high early so it depends and again I bring the, the, the tackling level into it a lot will depend on who can stop the others getting into the rhythm because to play the type of game both teams do there's a rhythm more so than an ad hoc manner of hurling and Galway did that for long periods against Limerick, but Limerick had so much belief in their processes that when they got it right, it was enough to mine more scores for them. So they both play exact type of games. So, you know, they've got to get it right. So nerves may play a part on the day. The, the overhit pass or the pass that's not hit, you know, get reaching its target point. All of those can be elements of nerves starting on. So who makes less will that play a factor? Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, like, I think the players have adapted so well to the uh, empty stadiums and all that. It's just, but when you think of it, like, it's a, such a next level when it comes to the All Ireland final, the parade, and the, you know, even the Jubilee beforehand you were there last year for, and, and you know, the, the the mad crowds, and it's such a part of the day. You know, you know, I know that as a spectator, you know, that as a player, and it's just, I think it's only probably going to hit us really at you know twenty five past three on Sunday 
how weird it is, even though we're used to the empty stadiums now, how weird it all is um, to be what witnessing an all-around final, but nobody there. It's 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 going to be a very strange one, I have to say, but uh, definitely one we're looking forward to. Can I just ask you about Limerick? Um, <laughs> I was watching the, the analysis on te- TV after the semi-final, and it was 10 minutes of how poor Limerick were. And I was just thinking to myself, they've won every match they've played this season. Declan Hannon is in danger of pulling a tricep lift in so many cups. And they handily, I thought anyway, maybe that's an unfair thing, beat Galway, who were all earned champions three years ago, and a real contender in a semi-final. And I don't know if it's a reflection of how good they actually are that they were being criticised after winning. I don't like This isn't Kilkenny. Limerick casually winning an All-Ireland semi-final isn't something to be sneezed at, I thought. Yeah, there's there, there's two points there I'd, I'd, I'd speak with you about. One is, I don't think they handily beat Galway. I think they I, I think Galway hung in, and with two minutes to go, I I really thought Galway could actually snatch this. And I, I, Where I would agree with you is, I think there's an expectation level that comes with Limerick when we look at their performances when they're playing to the optimum. They're pretty much blown teams away. So if they're not reaching that, there's an element of, oh, you know, a critical aspect or a more critical eye tends to be thrown on them. And that, that's that's understandable. And you're right to say that Galway were there a couple of years ago. I have to say I was actually more disappointed with Galway's performance than I was with Limerick's. Um, I think it was a very, very tense affair. There's, there's no doubt. Um, I thought Galway were good at times. But I think that Galway have modified their game over the last couple of years far more than Limerick have. Limerick have just streamlined what they've been doing and at times some slight interchanges of personnel but the whole concept of how to play the game hasn't. Galway have, have changed the way they, they, they play and if you look at the way they use Concanon and Whelan they play a lot out to the corners which wasn't an older Galway way and I don't know if it actually suited them but um, we do tend to throw a more critical eye on Limerick and I think the plaudits are certainly thrown at them when they're playing well. I, I have to say I think they're a phenomenal side. I thought so a couple of years ago, like everybody else, with their successes. I love watching them. I still love watching them. I like I like what seems to go on around them, that they're a humble bunch. Yeah. And I like that about them. And I think um I think most people seem to agree with that. It's so unusual to see someone like Waterford, who normally would have, if I think a clear offly in ninety-five, as as limited as we were to success at the time, ninety-nine percent of the population out there wanted clear. I'm actually hearing people saying now, interestingly, I actually don't mind if Limerick win because I like them, but I would prefer to see Waterford. So I think that's really interesting kind of, you know, independent view that people seem to be having. So I think they're a respected side. I think they're a liked side. And I think, unbeknownst and quietly, they've become quite a ruthless side. So I think you're right that it come in for criticism in the semi-final, but they were two damn good sides that went at it. Yeah. And at times that the style of hurling didn't flow, which if, if you look at it, you, you say, okay, well, that won't happen to Limerick in the final. Well, it could very well happen to Limerick in the final because they're coming up a side that's even better than, and if you look at all the teams that have taken Limerick on this year, Waterford along with Galway are the two that I won't say brought them to the cusp because Limerick always looked that bit better than Waterford, I have to say, on the day. But a slight shift of balance, mm. or as was said before, you know, a grain of rice can tip the balance. There's not a huge amount to go right or wrong on either side to tip that balance in Waterford's favour, to be fair. Yeah, you'd have to argue if you were taking the Munster final into account that Waterford have had more chance to come on. You know, they're playing under a new manager. 
they're getting the momentum of the season together and have had two very, very good performances since that match. You know, if Limerick don't improve, Waterford certainly have. That's a fair point. Like what, what Liam has done is he's, he's instilled a great belief because, again, I go back to the point about Waterford against Kilkenny. I mean, Austin Gleeson didn't have a good start in that game and he hasn't been having his best season. But he showed great leadership qualities that day to stand up. Desi Hutchinson was not having a good game early in the game and he actually was having a very good season to then. Mm. But the belief that both had in the system and the type of ball that was continuously played into them, they both got on top and they both took great, great scores. And when you look at Fagan coming in, the amount of ball he was winning and the way that, that Barron and Dylan are driving forward, I mean, what really interests me, not being able to go to games, but looking at it on television, when Waterford get it attacking scores from anywhere within 40 or 50 yards, there seems to be five or six Waterford players in the region of the goals and I'm, I'm looking back at what's happened over the last couple of years and I'm looking at where they've grown to and one of the things that's striking me is fitness their fitness levels because there's so many overlaps coming there's so many options to the player with receiving the ball that even if Gleason and Hutchinson are going out to the corners to pick up ball there's options coming through in droves be it Bennett be it Barron be it Dylan could be the Burka. And that wasn't there before. So they're an attack-minded team. And they've got players who are comfortable coming forward. And if you can turn defenders and have them go back to their own goals more often than not, that's a huge way to imprinting your stamp on the game. And if you look at probably one of Limerick's massive strengths, which is Burns, Hannon, and Jesus, Hayes is just a freak of nature <laughs> with his physique and is driving forward. How innovative was it? I know he's played previously, but to take a guy out of centre forward, who two years ago I thought was very young, but very instrumental in what they did, and be able to switch Keen Lynch from midfield to centre forward as a real playmaker, and put Hayes as part of the triumph yeah. of a half-back line with Burns and Hannah. What an extraordinary, brave thing to do, but obviously he knows the qualities of these guys. If you can get Burns, Hannon and Hayes turning when the ball goes beyond them and having to run back to, the, to their own goals because Gleeson and Hutchinson are winning ball. The overlapping players are going to force, force those three back to their own goals and no defender likes to have to keep going back. No other team has done that to Limerick. And I would suggest and suspect that if Waterford are able to play heads up hurling and look to, the, to where they're playing their deliveries, well, I, I think they can cause a difficulty for the Limerick half back line. It just depends how often you can keep turning them because it takes something out of you every time you've got to keep turning and go back towards your own goals. And again, it comes back to the same thing with me, this All-Ireland. It's which teams are allowed play on their terms, i.e. who can keep coming out with ball and looking at where they want to go with it or which team can bring this in-your-face kind of tackling with the player in possession, that's forcing them to do things that's not part of the game plan. And I think that is what's going to dictate this All-Ireland. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. And I like, genuinely can't wait for it. So one more issue that I suppose we have to worry about, and it might come down to it, is the availability of Aaron Galan. And like, I mean, this, you're talking about the talismanic forward for Limerick. But I was talking to someone during the week who said, look, there's just good out there as I'm like, Peter Casey shouldn't be on the bench, for example. And it's like, I think that possibly does a disservice to Galan. But even so... My point would be that it's not about 
the third player, it's about the fourth player. And that Limerick's forward off the bench, be that Shane Dowling in the All Ireland final a couple of years ago, or Casey the last day, or you know, it's been Bannigan, you know. But there is probably a step down there. You know, maybe it's the fifth player, maybe you throw Pat Ryan in there, and maybe it's the next one in um where the drop down would be if Galan is missing. And that actually, like, you know, if we're talking about small margins, you're not having a finisher coming on. You know, it's always that that awful term that the English rugby team used that we all hated was bringing on finishers instead of replacements. But that's the way it's going. Like, and they're definitely yeah. down a big person if 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 they're missing one of their star forwards. Yeah, that's like Michael. It's a very good point. I mean, you look at Dublin in the football, and that ultimately is what it's about. Dublin can bring players on to the same level, who have the innate ability to be able to get to the pitch of the game immediately. So, it's not a concern for a management team to turn around, delve into the bench, and bring a guy on that you know can have an effect on the game immediately. And I think Limerick probably do have that little bit more in relation to that. I think Aaron Galam was well held the last day. There's certainly been concerns over uh, his fitness since and a lot of talk out of Limerick about it and then you look at Seamus Flanagan who wasn't making the starting 15 for the bulk of it and a player that I I really really like and who caused no no less a player than Dahi Burke so many difficulties particularly even in the All-Ireland a couple of years ago he's phenomenal on the ball he's a, he's a fantastic player yet he wasn't making it and I do think with, with the likes of Casey and Ryan you look at these guys coming on and you're expecting straight away there's damage going to come off them. Now, it's not that Waterford don't have a stronger bench. I just think it's the players that can be brought on that can have the immediate effect. And one of the lines that we haven't talked about, which which is where I, I see Limerick been very, very strong in, is the full back line. I just think they're, I think they're tenacious markers. Like the likes of, the, you know, the Finns and Barry Nash's and Morrissey's and players like that. They're, they're very, very hardened defenders. They're ruthless defenders in the right way in that they like to hurl from the front. They're very, very aggressive players. But when they have the ball, I mean, their execution, be it short stick passes or hand passes, like older style cornerbacks could do so many of those things, but probably finish with a long clearance. I just love their, their full back line. And I, I, I think Desi Hutchinson is probably young player of the year to date. I just think he's going to be asked questions. He hasn't been to, to, to date because Limerick full back line have an edge to them. And it's a really, really hard edge. And, you know, if they can stop the Limerick in, or the Waterford inside line coming out, picking that ball and looking with the heads up hurling that, you know, they did for the bulk of the Kilkenny game, but not initially. I just see Limerick sustaining that, that Kilkenny didn't. So again, and it's all coming back to this, who can affect their plan on the other. So there's so many fascinating jewels that's in it. There, there really is. It's, it's, it's an extraordinary matchup. Yeah, and it's fascinating about the Limerick full back line that it was seen as a weakness at the start of the year because you had Richie English and um, Mike Casey missing from the All-Ireland winning team and then suddenly to say it's a strength now is a credit to them and to the management as well. We've made case for both ways. We haven't mentioned like arguably the two best, like, you know, Garrod Hegarty, uh, Tom Morrissey and you know Shane Bennett probably you know the, the players have nearly made the most impact for both teams so far this year. Um, you know, there's so much to talk about. You know, but it's come down to we've made cases for both teams. I think to be honest, and it should be a close game. Limerick are favourites. They're four to nine, and Ladbrokes are minus four on the handicap. Waterford are five to two, but sure, the mind the odds. Who do you think is going to win it? I think Limerick are going to win it, and and this might sound like a contradiction, but I just think five to two is. 
it's, it's not it's not a reflection on Waterford, to be fair. Yeah. After cool. watching them against Kilkenny, I was pretty much blown away with that level of performance and the sustained speed, the sustained brilliance of what they did. And if they can replicate that again, they will cause problems irrespective of if it's Limerick. I mean, you can take each team and isolate a performance or a group of players. And you're right, we didn't discuss Hegarty, Lynch and Morrissey and what, what they've brought to it. And I've looked at Limerick and I've looked at Limerick where they haven't been firing on all cylinders and who could bring them down. There's many, but it's just that tends not to happen. Cork last year, early on down in the Gaelic grounds, Limerick looked decidedly dodgy in that particular game. If you get into Limerick's face and you break them down, you can force turnovers. But it's their accuracy on the pass and the first touch allows them you know, to defeat this kind of in-your-face stuff that teams need to bring. So, like, Waterford need to bring it and sustain it from the very, very off, just get massively aggressive, and then they're going to look to try to do the same thing as well. Here's here's one for you. If, if I was Waterford, I'd be trying to I'd be trying to annoy Garage Hegarty, and I would continuously try to annoy Garage Hegarty because at times, and I'm not just talking about the Galway games, as supreme as the, as, as the guy is, and a brilliant athlete he's a guy i would target and look to get inside his skin because there may be a tendency at times to react to it so when you're looking at an opposition team you've got to forensically look at the players and say who can we get to now he's been phenomenal to date but there is a tendency to react at times so i i'd be asking that question there number one i just think limerick's bench as you alluded to and i just think that at the start of the year i thought limerick were going to come out and i have to say Waterford didn't come into my thoughts at the start of the year whatsoever. But I think they've been phenomenal what Liam and the boys and the whole lot and group have done. I do think Limerick, if you had said to me before the All-Ireland semi-final, the same pairing were going to be in it, I would be absolute Limerick. I would say to you, I think Limerick will win. But however, I will not be surprised if Waterford do. You don't normally say that about a 5-2 to two chance in an All-Ireland final. I will not be surprised if Waterford win, but I think Limerick will. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, brilliant stuff. It's going to be someday, again, without the crowds, without the, the pageantry, everything like that, still all Ireland final. It's brilliant that we have the John McDonough before us uh, with, with, with Kerry and Antrim. A um, bit different than the minor final, but again, uh, brilliant for those guys to be, to be to be out there in the final. And enjoy it one way or another. And thanks a million. 100%. Pleasure as always, Mike. Take care. Great stuff. If, um, enjoy the matches at the weekend. And of course, if you're having a bet on anything at all, please do gamble responsibly. Visit dunlouis.net for more information. We'll be back with more build-up. We're going to talk to Stephen Ferris tomorrow on Thursday ahead of the return of the Champions Cup this weekend, believe it or not, so soon after the Automation Cup. So join us then tomorrow morning.